Welcome to Fashion Carrot Lab. I'm Lucas Silva Edward and I'm a carrot coach specialized in the fashion and luxury industry. Today I have the great pleasure to receive Matthias Oren. Matthias is a well-known headhunter in the fashion and luxury industry with more than 20 years of experience. I wanted to talk to him and understand his personal journey and get a sense of what makes a great headhunter today. In this conversation, Matthias tells us about the vision on which he has built his company, why he's now beyond fashion and why he's entering the world of culture and entertainment. And what touched me the most in this conversation is really Matthias' passion to discover himself through all the different jobs he has done, giving him a unique point of view and probably an edge when it comes to understand the different brands him and his team work for. In my opinion, this conversation is a source of inspiration for any professional which desire working at the crossroad of business creation and beauty. With no further ado, please enjoy this wide-ranging conversation with Matthias Foret. Hi Matthias, how are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for for coming to the to the show and to this podcast. I'm uh, I'm really pleased to to have you uh, as a guest. Um, I wanted to to kind of start this conversation with a maybe a, a small introduction of uh, who you are and and uh, and the company you run, uh, and from there we can uh, decide where we want to go into your your journey so far in the in the creative industries. Does it sound good to you? Yes, perfect. Well. Who am I is is a rather longer story than the company I run, which uh, actually happens to bear my initials, but very well hidden uh, into a logo that uh, can compose either uh, key, uh, because we are specialized uh, in key recruitments, um, finding key talents for organizations that trust us uh, to identify, select, and present, um, and then help integrate uh, talents for the creative and cultural industries, uh, meaning uh, from uh, fashion, luxury, design, architecture, all the way to um, very small uh, entities in the cultural sector, like uh, art galleries, edition houses, uh, through um, institutions, uh, museums, foundations, um, and uh, um, it's a uh, a sector in itself that is uh, wide, but has placed creation at the core of its uh, principles. Uh, and uh, that's the common point between all our clients. I uh, founded uh, Emo Conseil uh, 14 years ago today uh, with uh, uh, the idea that uh, I wanted to do things uh, differently than the way I had learned to do it. and. Uh, be surrounded with the team because it was a um, line of business that was uh, mostly done by um, sometimes lonesome cowboys, um, but uh, um, quite individual uh, people uh, trusting their intuition and uh, their network. Uh, and I wanted it to be uh, more collective. Uh, and since the beginning, uh, we are working uh, as a team of 10, so uh, the ambition is not to grow and have offices all around the world, but to do uh, couture-like um, consulting uh, for uh, brands and organizations. 
And uh, when I mentioned the, the fact that I wanted to, to do this uh, collectively, uh, it's also because I wanted to be surrounded and uh, work and interact and discuss because discussion is something essential uh, in all works, I believe. Um, and uh, to discuss with uh, people who had operational backgrounds before. Uh, so the operational backgrounds of all our team is um, essential to understand the way we work. It means that uh, um, we're not like um, professional uh, consultants. Uh, we all had a very varied background. Uh, my partner, Céline Toledano, was a collection director for nearly 30 years uh, with Caracatel for 10 years and then with uh, Nina Ricci, with uh, uh, Martin Silvon, with Céline, the brand, with, uh, um, oh, I forgot some, Sonia Riquel for nearly eight years uh, until she was asked to create a master for l'école de la chambre syndicale in Paris, which, is, uh, uh, which was the, 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 the style and pattern making school of Paris. Um, and uh, she also conducted, after 10 years, uh, managing and directing this master um, uh, fusion with uh, IFM, uh, Institut Français de la Mode, was born from that vision, from that fusion uh, with the, uh, on, on the creative uh, program side. Uh, another of my partners um, had uh, more than 25 years experience in the cultural sector. She was uh, specialized in communication. She uh, in the late 90s, uh, worked uh, in the first uh, startup dedicated to selling art online. Um, and uh, uh, after the crack in 2001, she joined uh, La Société Générale and was in charge of the cultural uh, policy and uh, uh, the uh, sponsorship um, for La Société Générale, which is a huge uh, bank and organization with uh, uh, many collaborators that had no clue about uh, art in general and visual art um, in particular. And uh, it was also a way to have them interact with art and um, it really transformed uh, the way they worked. Um, after this, she joined an entrepreneur called Laurent, Laurent Dumas, um, who has a company called Emrige, which is a, a constructor in France. And she structured um, his uh, passion for uh, contemporary art uh, and a huge collection, um, uh, putting together a prize uh, called the La Bourse des Révélations Emrige, which is a very original um, uh, setup uh, mechanic uh, since it uh, allows um, artists uh, to be uh, partnering with an important international gallery um, when they have the when they have the, the prize. So uh, uh, all of them, it's been 10 editions now, um, have uh, stayed actually in the gallery that shows them uh, in, in this prize. And it's a very original and important uh, step for professionalizing the work of artists. Uh, I thought it was super original when we started discussing a little bit more than five years ago. Um, it was uh, with the idea of professionalizing uh, the recruitment processes in the cultural sector, uh, which is and was at this time more so um, at a stage um, the fashion and luxury sectors were 20 years ago, meaning that instead of um, identifying uh, talents and building selections, 
uh, it's like a nightclub. If you have the right sneakers, uh, you get in. Uh, if you know the right people, um, and it was, uh, uh, I think, uh, crucial to start evangelizing, and we did that with success over the last five years. We've been working more and more in the cultural sector with important uh, roles that um, were entrusted to us, uh, and, and very proud of, of what we could develop over the last five years uh, in the cultural sector. Uh, my personal background, I won't be able to uh, say the backgrounds of every member of the team, uh, but uh, it's, a, uh, I mean, it's a fascinating subject because it's all stories and interesting stories that really instruct the way we work um, since we have developed uh, uh, rather original ways of, of uh, working. And I developed that if you want, um, but my background started uh, actually uh, as, as an artist myself, um, but I had done studies, a, a business school and a, a, a third cycle, it was called, uh, Master 2 uh, in uh, um, La Sorbonne. Um, but uh, I had also learned, and in parallel, I had always uh, artistic uh, activities uh, as an actor, as a musician, uh, and as a writer. And uh, I was a journalist for my uh, military service. Uh, it was, I think, one of the last generations that had to do the military service. Uh, and I was lucky enough to uh, um, be an officer. Um, as uh, uh, such, uh, I was head. Because, you know, hierarchy in the army is sometimes more important than uh, the actual knowledge. So I was head of a journalist team at uh, Armée d'Aujourd'hui, which was the main uh, magazine across all um, armies uh, in France. And uh, it was a fantastic experience that learned and taught me how to uh, think um, content uh, in a context and how to manage. Uh, it was uh, uh, also very exciting to be able to go abroad and do a reportage um, in very singular uh, contexts. Um, after this, I uh, started a, a, a career, a little career as an artist, uh, until um, actually for personal reasons, uh, I decided that I needed a salary. Uh, it was that practical. And uh, I had done internships uh, in the luxury sector. I had written a thesis about uh, the frontier between art and um, luxury uh, and that fine line uh, of uh, managing a very ambiguous um, way of uh, distributing uh, on the widest scale possible uh, the most elevated um, content and creativity. Um, and uh, so it was a subject that I was very sensitive to. And I joined Kenzo at the time as a product manager first on the perfume side. And I had become head of that uh, marketing team that was rather creative when Kenzo himself decided to leave his own brand. He had actually announced so uh, earlier, of course, he had sold to LVMH five years before. And uh, um, when uh, he decided uh, to uh, retire and leave his own brand, uh, I suggested to replace him with an avatar called Keozen, Chaos and Zen, so an anagram of Kenzo, but it was also uh, at the same time um, project uh, editorial uh, 
it was a little bit on the model of Colors. Colors is a magazine that had uh, an editorial legitimacy while it was financed by uh, Benetton. Um, and uh, it was very inspiring to me, uh, and I thought uh, it would be interesting to uh, try and create this on a digital scale. So it was uh, uh, Kenzo left with a big party that I helped produce uh, at the Zenith uh, on the 7th of October 99. And right after, uh, we prepared the launch of his avatar, Keozen, um, online, but also on air and uh, on uh, uh, different levels of the, 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 the company because it was the idea of thinking about how you can do offer marketing um, and uh, listen to the clients, uh, switching to some kind of demand marketing in the end. Um, it was a fantastic project. Um, I, I don't think I'll ever have uh, such an opportunity to realize something so new uh, and uh, dear to me because it, it was uh, uh, the idea of uh, encounters already. Uh, you asked me about the red line of uh, uh, my career. I think this is uh, the red line, Les Rencontres. Uh, it's also the title of a, a rubrique. Um, a few pages I had in a magazine called Magazine, uh, where uh, I, for 15 years, uh, writing in every issue, uh, a rencontre with someone uh, without giving uh, that person's name, but uh, giving a voice to the person. So uh, it was sometimes superstars and sometimes uh, rather uh, unknown people, but what counted in these uh, was our discussion and the way uh, they had um, something to say. And I, I, I was, in fact, a little bit talking about myself through them, but it was mostly... Uh, having them express what they wanted to say. Of course, the choice of who I was meeting with and uh, uh, was, uh, uh, in the long run, uh, a little bit away uh, to talk about myself. So after uh, Kenzo, it's uh, 25 years ago, um, I, uh, a little bit less because it was 2001, uh, after that same crash uh, that I had talked about, uh, about Angelique's background, um, I uh, decided to become a journalist because I had been the editor-in-chief of uh, this uh, uh, important uh, project. We had uh, more than 40 writers from all over the world meeting every week with uh, web designers that were not uh, called uh, that way at that time, but uh, producing uh, modules that were very scenarized um, uh, content about the cultural and um, uh, creative uh, world in general it was not branded uh, uh, Kenzo at all. Uh, one could uh, understand that the values of Kenzo uh, were blowing into every initiative, uh, but it was a content project. And for the content, uh, 85,000 people gathered around uh, Keozen and we started analyzing what they might want uh, apart from the usual categories, uh, sometimes by licensee uh, for uh, some categories and in-house uh, fashion, ready-to-wear, men, women, accessories, um, and, and these traditional categories, 
And uh, I had actually uh, contracted with a designer uh, to create uh, objects and, and uh, products that were transversal to these categories and answering to what we identified as um, desires from the, our community. All this to say that uh, I had um, tasted uh, the, the uh, incredible uh, joy of, of being uh, in charge of producing content uh, and uh, I became a journalist and writing for Les Inrocutibles, for uh, Vogue, L'Officiel, Jalouse, Jasmin, DS, uh, all kinds of magazines, quite often uh, about everything but the specialty of the magazine, Les Inrocutibles, I was writing about everything but music, for example. And on the side, um, I was approached by uh, Hermès first, uh, Canal Plus also, um, La Fondation Cartier, uh, Dior, the house, uh, La Famille Ouzé, uh, owning the Galerie Lafayette, uh, and uh, that had a project of, of a foundation. So I was a freelance consultant, um, mostly uh, building uh, teams and projects uh, to go online or to uh, do positioning um, uh, and strategy, um, but also producing the websites themselves quite often. Uh, and that's when I realized that I really uh, loved uh, putting together talents that were complementary to each other. Um, I had become editor-in-chief of the special issues of Bozar magazine. And for Bozar magazine, I decided to interview two headhunters because headhunter was the, the, the term, it's still used, but uh, at the time it was uh, uh, how you uh, described uh, this uh, job that I had heard about, I was contacted a few times, but uh, I thought it was for the great public of uh, Bozar magazine, which is a very open public, uh, interesting to know about this uh, shadow work. And one of the two uh, headhunters I interviewed uh, convinced me to join his company. And uh, for three years, I worked uh, with him and his team uh, in uh, building and developing the creative pool, meaning uh, creative recruitments, um, inside uh, uh, more generalist uh, for the positions um, uh, cabinet. Um, after three years, uh, I uh, was actually writing a book. I left uh, and I was uh, writing a book about um, the future of menswear and uh, relationship uh, of men towards the appearance. And uh, this book is called Men Under Construction. Uh, it was a very interesting project in itself. Uh, a luxury house heard that I was available uh, and uh, asked me to find a creative director for the watches division of the company. Uh, and uh, it reminded me that I really wanted to do this job, uh, which was putting together everything I had loved uh, my whole life. Um, and uh, I created Demo Conseil, uh, as I said earlier, to uh, do this job creatively. Um, so collectively, because I think creation is a collective process when it, it is applied, um, and uh, uh, also with uh, different principles, uh, very pragmatic on the, the way we are paid. Uh, we, we are consulting, uh, we are instructing decisions, we don't take the decisions ourselves. Uh, and I thought there were some biases uh, in the way it usually works. Uh, the, the first one being uh, being paid more on a percentage basis, if the person uh, who is recruited in the end 
is uh, more expensive um, or paid more than uh, uh, someone else. And this bias, very simply, I decided to uh, uh, put aside uh, by only working on a forfeit basis. It's technical, it seems like very business, but it makes a difference because we never think about uh, the money we can get when we search. Uh, and I think it's important. Uh, it it may, might come from uh, this uh, journalism um, experience that I had, uh, which uh, taught me that the less bias uh, you put when you research, the better. Matthias, if I can uh, interrupt you, you there, because there is a lot of um, things that you said that uh, I think are super interesting, and I just want to maybe double take that moment to double click on on, on them. Um, one thing that I, I really notice when you 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 talk about your your journey, it's really like the the passion you have for, and the the curiosity you have for the, the let's say the creative industry in all their the forms, and also the passion you have about people. And you talk about encounters, and uh, and and there is a word that you use even on your website, which is the word alchemy. And I wanted to kind of maybe um, have your thoughts on maybe what is your definition of alchemy and how that alchemy has been uh, there in your in your life uh, in the different moment of your your career. Well, alchemy is uh, impossible to put uh, in an equation. Uh, and that's uh, something that is very appealing to us because it means that uh, you integrate and take into account a part of mystery. Uh, and that mystery is, is uh, as you said, uh, curiosity is, is I think, uh, something uh, essential for me and for everyone here. Uh, and uh, we believe that... Uh, we are not alchemists, but we try and build alchemies. Uh, it's, it's, it's a very different thing. Uh, building alchemies means also, in this case, have a very methodical approach, meet with a much more intuitive approach. And uh, the, the, the modus operandi uh, we use um, is very much uh, about how better how these two lines encounter this same word again, um, these two lines of research in the end, uh, using a very methodical approach and using a more intuitive approach. There is that idea also when I think about alchemy, about the, the idea of transformation. Uh, is that something that uh, when you put those, as you say, those two lines together, are you, do you foresee what would be the transformation you're going to bring maybe to the person or to the company by putting them together uh, in the case of, uh, of the work you do as a headhunter? Well, this is uh, the brief. I mean, uh, people uh, come to us, I mean, clients come to us uh, because they need to transform. Sometimes they don't know, sometimes they haven't put a, a word or a job title or uh, skills, uh, soft or hard skills, uh, in front of um, their need because they, and that's um, how our operational backgrounds help us understand their needs and uh, help them project themselves. Um, our operational backgrounds and also the visibility we have in other organizations and other sectors or subsectors of the cultural and uh, 
creative industries. Uh, meaning that as consultants, we are exposed to very different realities uh, that give us a benchmark, if you want, on um, what they could do and what they should do. Um, we all have been recruiting as operational ourselves. And we know how essential it is um, to create not only a match, uh, a cultural match between the organization and its identity and an individual and its identity. That's the alchemy uh, illustrated um, in a way. Uh, but above and beyond uh, this match, it's essential also to put together the conditions of uh, going and seeing the future. I'll take an example. One of our longtime partners um, has been Acne Studio. We've been working with them for 12 years uh, with many different recruitments. And uh, one job did not exist at Acne and became over the last 20 years essential in the fashion industry, it's merchandising. They never wanted to have merchandising because the founder wouldn't want to hear about figures and marketing in his studio, that simple. And helping them um, seeing that merchandising is not only a way to look in the uh, in the past and in the back, in the, how do you say, retroviseur, um, the rear uh, yeah, yeah. mirror uh, yeah. of your car. Uh, but it's a mix between checking in the rear mirror and looking through the windscreen uh, clearly and uh, efficiently. Uh, once we explained uh, to um, uh, Acne Studio uh, that some people, it's through people again, um, have the culture uh, as refined, as expected by a, a founder and creative director who wants to be talking about references, about fashion, about he, he knows every cover of every fashion magazine from the early 60s to now. Um, he needs a, a counterpart that has that culture also, uh, that has uh, the passion and with all these elements you manage to have in the end figures enter the studio uh, and this is a way to help them forcing the future and transforming the, transforming themselves um, into a more uh, efficient and, and uh, forward-looking uh, environment. I'm not saying that we uh, are responsible for acne success at all. <laughs> but for sure, uh, we contributed, and that's the way we like to intervene. I mean, we are, we're quite discreet. Uh, we work, uh, we, we never do publicity. Uh, we are not in the same area um, as our competitors, uh, a little bit uh, off beaten tracks, um, because it allows us to. Um, not uh, uh, pretend we have made or done lots, but we have whispered um, the right advisors to help transform. 
continuing on that idea of uh, transformation, something I, I, I'm quite fond of in your in your journey so far is the diversity of jobs. Uh, they all link, as we say, about creativity and encounters. Um, how, do you remember um, how did you thought about each step into your your journey, professional journey, from marketing to journalist to freelance to headhunter? What was kind of the the mindset you had every time when you say, "Okay, I'm going to change jobs"? How did you thought about uh, that? As I said, encounters is the key for uh, everything for me, and it's not the case for everyone. Hmm? But um, I, I it took me quite a few years first to encounter myself. Hmm. Um, I, I, I'm going to be quite personal. When I studied, um, I, I was uh, I was very much a dreamer. Uh, and I thought uh, that an important job would be an a job that had an impact on a rather universal level, not mm -hmm. on uh, my wallet or uh, a shareholders' uh, wealth. Um, <clears throat> and when I entered Kenzo, as I said, it was really uh, more to pay the rent. Um, and it took me, if not years, but at least a year, to accept the fact that I was not transforming the world. The longest experience I had before in a corporation was at Action Contre la Fin. Uh, and it was, in that case, very obvious that it was working for the good, the beautiful, the true, the uh, yeah, happiness of people. So much easier for me because I had the feeling that everything I was doing was good. Uh, when I joined Kenzo, it took me a while to understand that bringing beauty to the world is also a novel way of working. And I'm, I'm talking about that because I think uh, a lot of people go through this. Um, when they start working, it's, I mean, they, they, they've been... Uh, thinking big, they've been uh, seeing um, the impact they want to have on the planet today. I mean, it's essential. Uh, and when they have to go and work, uh, they realize that the day-to-day -day, uh, work, you don't see that goal anymore. It's very remote. So it took me years. So that's the first step. Encounter my own will to work. Uh, and, and, and it's not that I was lazy. It's really that I, I didn't see, I, I, I didn't understand why uh, being so precise on a BAT, it's like the bon attiré in French. It's like you go uh, to, to um, print uh, the, the, the packaging of a new perfume and you spend hours and hours uh, redoing and redoing until it's perfect. It's the exact color you want. And at times you think, well, there are surgeons, there are uh, um, astronauts, there, there, there are people who actually do very important things. I mean, what am I doing? And it took me a long time to realize that what I was doing was important. After I encountered myself, um, it's always encountering people that changed my path, um, encountering uh, also uh, talents beyond people. 
because talents and people are two different things. I mean, you meet people and you discover the talent or not behind, or sometimes you help them discover their talents, but it's, it's a different step. Um, a universe, as I said, I mean, I, I um, entered uh, the creative industries um, uh, thinking, well, it was less a shame than uh, if I was uh, in the petrol business or if I was uh, selling cigarettes. But still, it was on the other side of, the, of, of my dreams, uh, in a way. Uh, but slowly, uh, I, I encountered, encountered this universe and I understood that it was a universe for me, uh, the creative and cultural industries. Um, after uh, uh, perfume and fashion, uh, the culture as a sector itself um, uh, was always there because uh, I'm, I'm the guy who always uh, went to every opening and uh, exhibitions. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm quite uh, bulimic of these. Um, but in a professional venture, uh, it, it was encountering uh, the sector itself and the universe. And then in our everyday work, still today, it's encountering a project. Projects that are always uh, bad or, or um, uh, responsibility of, of people, of course, uh, women and men who have this project more and more collectively again, which is even more interesting. Um, uh, it's a, uh, well, it's a, it's a little bit too remote and we don't have that much time, but uh, for me, um, personalism, uh, personalism from Emmanuel Mounier, uh, the, the kind of the opposite of uh, um, the individualism of uh, Ayn Rand, for example, uh, from The Fountainhead. Personalism has always been a very, very strong value. That's my education. That's uh, how I was uh, um, raised and, and, and I raised myself because um, my, my personal life uh, until I was 18 um, exposed me to many, many different people, uh, different level of people. And uh, I, I'm lucky enough to have a late uh, father who was one of the most uh, tolerant persons I've met and uh, tolerance um, is also very essential to me and tolerance uh, allows to go and meet projects nearly everywhere uh, I, I, we are lucky enough to have projects come to us now a lot but our research work is also to go and see uh, what are the new projects what are uh, uh, the the, the new ventures that are interesting for people and uh, what they can lead to. So projects and the people who um, conceive these projects um, is really uh, today what uh, makes my life. <laughs> I love it. It's, uh, it's amazing what, you, what, what you're saying uh, about encountering your, your, yourself. I am a strong believer in that, that uh, in order to, let's say, create your journey and your, your life, um, you first need to understand yourself. And as you say, it's quite a process. And, uh, and sometimes with the students uh, I have or some of my clients, um, we forget that that process takes time. And so we get impatient. Uh, sometimes we work on some project and those projects become part of our identity. And we 
we lose ourselves in those projects or in those brands, especially in the creative industries. Um, and it's good to kind of remember ourselves that, uh, yeah, we, we are bigger than the, the, the project, but it's the project that also transforms us, like the, the alchemy, as you were talking about, transforms us step by step. And, and sometimes we want something else because we have uh, evolved uh, and changed. Uh, at least that's the way I, I understand the kind of encountering yourself uh, step by step uh, along, yeah, along I, the way. I wouldn't say that we are bigger than the project. Um, okay, we, interesting. Uh, I, I, I think we are as big as what we want for the project. And uh, if it's not the right project, then we don't even exist uh, compared to the project itself. Um, but the most beautiful projects are those uh, who are bigger since it's not one person who conceived it, but a collective. Um, okay. And uh, it's, it's very, I mean, the most successful um, luxury brand to brands today uh, are, leave very small room for ego, actually, in the work and the teams. Uh, and... Uh, it doesn't mean that you don't need an ego. I think ego is clearly, uh, especially for artists, I'd say, more than creative. But for artists, ego is a professional tool, clearly. But the difference between an artist and a project, a brand, an organization, is that the artist um, is in direct contact with the universal uh, values. and. He has to be convinced that what he expresses from her or him is already a universal value or commenting or transmitting or uh, expressing something that has a universal impact. A creative is working on an applied uh, creation. And to apply it has to work with others. So he needs to disappear nearly behind the group, which doesn't mean that he can't have any goal. Because um, once you encountered yourself, you can make the link between who you are and what you do. And that's... I think for me, it's the key. And it takes years uh, to, to know. Um, it, it's very simple. You're, you're a product manager, even at L'Oréal. I don't know why I say even at L'Oréal, but you're a project manager at L'Oréal. And you were trained, say, at uh, HEC um, to be a chef d'orchestre. But You were not trained to um, fill the air uh, and uh, select and edit from what you see, what you're exposed to in the weekends, in the evenings, um, uh, when you uh, travel, when you uh, visit an exhibition, and the work you have to do. When you are able to do this, you become a much better product manager. 
And that's the beauty of this work that can lead to anywhere because it's being a chef d'orchestre, a conductor. And like in music, the conductor is having the best players in his orchestra. Uh, he's conducting them. But sometimes he's also able to write with them the interpretation. And when it's the case, he's not only a conductor, he's an author. And he's an author collectively with the whole orchestra. What I love about that uh, explanation, it's there is no limit of uh, one can do, if I, if I understand well. Like, it doesn't matter what, to what you have been trained. Uh, what I understand is like, uh, if you're able to connect with the world, what you do, the things you see in the weekend, and uh, and and understand how it resonates with you, and integrate that in your in, in your day-to-day -day work and with the people you work with, you're going to be able, like to as you said, to become a a better professional and enhance the project that you are wor working to towards, or at least the goals you are working towards. Is that a, a fair? Uh, uh, assumption. Yes, say, it is. Assumption. Yeah. Very much so. It's a. Uh, it's essential also for communication because if you want to communicate well, communicate well with people, uh, you need to share references. You need to share um, point of views and confront them sometimes uh, and have the other uh, learn about what you know or you want to share and uh, so you have to explain what it is. That's where communication starts. And communication has become completely essential in a world where uh, everything is collective. Um, so you communicate better if you know who you are and what you like, and, and if you remain flexible and tolerant enough to have that evolve thanks to the discussion with, uh, with the orchestra. If we go in a more, uh, let's say, practical uh, aspect of uh, about your job being a, a headhunter, and um, and you sh you have the possibility to advise people on uh, their careers, on at least how to think about their careers, because so far when I met a lot of people, they think about their career in terms of job titles, in terms of a linear way of thinking about their their, their career. What would you say to them? Uh, with all uh, everything that we have talked about and uh, everything you, you, you think, what advice would you give them to think about their, their career? Titles are a language. So yes, they're important because they belong to the corporate language and uh, as I said, it's essential to be able to communicate. But apart from that, Thinking titles, I mean, they're very different from one organization to another. Uh, as you can imagine, uh, being the CEO of a uh, uh, um, 3 million euros uh, startup uh, or being uh, the business unit director um, of uh, one uh, product category in a 10 billion company. Um, is the same, uh, I mean, one title is uh, below the other and the reality is not even comparable, except that it's 360 in both cases. So titles depend, if, of course, uh, on the context, 
And this being said, it explains that it can't be a goal because more important than the title is the context. Okay. And quite often, uh, we see people who um, uh, want to be general manager. So uh, they go for a general manager position in a company that actually has a um, context that will not teach that person uh, as much as if he had stayed in the context he was in and uh, uh, he was having an impact in, and, and that's clearly a mistake. Well, for the career question altogether, um, I don't think their career is planned possible anymore. Yeah. And, uh, and I think uh, it's, it's something necessary for some uh, to have a plan. It's a plan for themselves, but it should certainly not uh, be uh, a plan of titles, but more a plan of what I want to learn, where, and what do I want? Uh, that's a plan. Know what you want in advance. But um, not as it used to be uh, when uh, the goal was to be uh, at Renault and uh, you could spend 40 years at Renault. It was mm -hmm. the goal, it was reached, and then you climb inside Renault. Very rare are the people who uh, still want that kind of career. Because also it's not possible anymore. I, I love what you're saying about knowing what you want to learn. Because I, I think, uh, and I speak per personally, it's been kind of a red, red thread for me uh, in the different jobs I had. It's like I was curious about that position. And every time I'm trying to find a way to get where in that new context, new new project. And it's true that I don't see the red line right away or it's the, the, the direct way. But just because I'm thinking about how can I learn about that position, uh, it opens new opportunities for me because you encounter new people, because you encounter new knowledge and, and, and you put yourself, uh, you open your mind to uh, discover new ways of uh, working and, and, and living. So I, I'm really fond of what you say about like knowing how to learn what you want to learn. Matthias, we're, we're arriving kind of a, a, yes. at the end of the, 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 the podcast and I want to be respectful of your time. Is there anything else that uh, we haven't covered that you think could be important regarding the, 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 those topics or, or, you, you, or, or anything that you recommend to people to kind of think about regarding those topics? Well, like, like uh, nearly everyone in the creative industries, I'd say follow your dream. But I want to add, build your dreams too. Uh, yeah. Don't follow it only. I love it. It's a, it's a great, great one. There is that idea. We always say follow your passion. But it's true that in that advice, I always felt that there is a, uh, you're more like a, a viewer of your passion. So you, you're not acting. You don't have the agency when you follow it. So that's why I love the, that idea of building. I often use the word design it. As, as well uh, as a first step in order to, 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 to build it. Well, design Again, is Matt... a beautiful word because it's, a, it's also dessin, D-E-S-S-E-I-N, and it's, a, it's, it's wider than drawing. It's, it's actually what's your destiny. 
I think uh, we're going to keep that as the, the final word for mm -hmm. uh, the, this, this conversation. Again, thank you again for, for, for your time and all those uh, insights you, you gave us. And I'm sure we could continue for hours on, the, on those topics. And, uh, and yeah, uh, it, would be, it was really lovely to, to have that chat with you. Lovely. See you soon.